Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Alrighty. Back for another fine episode of Brew Strong. Uh, Lots of good questions to cover tonight, I assume? I assume. I assume. Hey, oh, yeah. you know, um, I had a. I, I went to uh, uh, Dixie Cup out in Houston. Ah. Uh, now, I know you went and you were. Uh, a guest we out led, of yeah. Yeah. And did you have an absolutely fantastic time? I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was great. It was absolutely great. And, and the funny thing, I, I always wanted to go to Dixie Cup. Back when I first started homebrewing, I you know read about it in like Zymergy and things like that. And I was always just really, you know, uh, uh, enamored of the idea of going out to Dixie Cup and checking it out. And, and uh, you know, this year it actually worked out. And uh, I just had a fantastic time. I really was just blown away by the people and the the beers and the food and the events and just the whole, yeah. you know, history of the thing. It was really cool. I was very honored to, uh, to play a part in this year's uh, Dixie Cup. Yeah, it's a great, great crowd. Now, yeah. now one thing, when, when you went out there, did they feed you a lot of smoked meats? Yeah, um, but uh, also some great Mexican food too. Yeah, well, I want to tell you this. One, it was like the you know the third day, and I've been eating like just really super smoked meats, and they had a couple of things in the potluck that were just like so. I thought it was blackened chicken, but it was like so smoked <laughs> that it was black. <laughs> but it was really good too. It was really moist and tender, and. Uh, you know, like the next day, I went to pee and I smelled smoked meat. I swear to God, I could smell smoke coming up from my from my urine. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, I've consumed a lot of smoked meat. Real Texas barbecue. Yeah, it was great. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. I really I loved every minute, and the people, like I said, were just wonderful. If if uh, and uh, Justin, next year, I think the entire BN should go out. Yeah, for the Dixie Cup. I'm into it, but... Broadcast. From the oh, do it actually broadcast from it? Yeah. Are they flying us all out there next year? I don't know. They might fly you out. Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah. I get. Se- I only get secondary, and here's what happens. you They go through you right. and Palmer, right. and so I'm like, I'm third rung, which I'm fine yes. with, yes. So, but maybe next year's my year, because now right, I'm third right. rung. <laughs> I think they should have you be a, a speaker, a keynote speaker wow. at the Dixie Cup. <laughs> I would love to. I think that's the way to get you out there, and <laughs> the, the rest of us all kind of like travel along. Beautiful. I think it would be it would be quite quite nice. I let's, think I, I think if they could cover like you know maybe hotel, 
It doesn't take much, honestly. It's not even you know, that we look to make a profit, yeah, is it? We just kind of kind of defray the costs, right? Because it can be kind of pricey, yeah, to to travel out uh, that far. But uh, I would love to go again. I absolutely would. Okay, I you know, I I could see myself going every year to something like that. Sounds like it's really time. that good. It okay. was fantastic. it's a plan. It's a plan. Yeah. All right. I and I I think it'd be really cool, and you know, get like tasty out there. Yeah. You know, I think it would be quite nice. I guess we could all just go in my Volkswagen. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> well, in a, it's like in October. You could leave in like July. Yeah. And we'll probably, probably get there. We'll make it on probably. time. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's fine. I think it would be very cool. Sounds good, man. Well, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the other uh, cool things that I've experienced, Blickman Engineering. Ah, uh, okay. I knew it was either that one or Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say Adam and Eve is more the experience, but whatever, Jay-Z. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I think you've ever said on the show. <laughs> no, Blickman Engineering, I tell you, I got to, you know, well, I think Adam and Eve is a, a, a solid company. Uh, I got to choose Blickman over over Adam yep. and Eve. I Our buddy you, John. If, if I could only have one of them in my life, it would be Blickman Engineering. Uh, you know, quality products, um, you know, great, you know, from... Uh, you know, from great leaders come uh, you know great things, and I think uh, uh, John Blickman is one of those guys. And he, uh, you know, when we went out to uh, uh, Kevin's uh, house Kevin out, in, yeah, out in uh, Tahoe to uh, to brew with him for the uh, the the contest winner, um, yeah, just hanging with uh, John Blickman is is just an honor. It was and, fun, and, yeah. And, uh, we- we he's, had a great time there. He's just a cool guy, and he's you know just so um, you know he's you know as in a complimentary way, he's just so geeky about the things that he does and why you know he's passionate about it. Yeah, and I think that passion shows in the products that they make and the the, the you know the the way they treat their customers and the way that they uh, they make things happen. It's very cool. Yeah, and he's always come trying to think of something new. I mean. Yeah, that's what that's what I love. You know, I, I'm always interested every time I see him. It's like, John, what do you work on? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me uh, all the new stuff that you're doing. So, uh, just about every year, there's something new. So, go check it out. Blickman Engineering, Blickman with two ends. Uh, dot com, and uh, you'll you'll find uh, you know lots of neat stuff. If you haven't checked out the website lately, go and check it out. Uh, they got all sorts of new stuff that. Uh, Tower of Power and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you had sent uh, some stuff to Kevin to, to try out, and I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah, that's a nifty setup. I'm looking forward to the Blickman griddle. Yes. Like you could sear right. the Blickman brand into your steak and all that stuff. Um, that was really cool. If you haven't if you haven't seen it, uh, there's some pictures floating out around there where they, they were uh, grilling up some sausages on the uh, Blickman uh, top-tier system. Really very cool. If you have never nice. seen it done, it's just like, why have I never thought of this? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you remove the uh, the kettle and you know, throw on the little griddle, and it was great. That's pretty cool. Yeah, totally cool. Great idea. So uh, check it out, Blickman Engineering. They've been sponsoring the show for a long time. Uh, you know, making sure that we stay on the air. So uh, uh, I think the least they deserve is uh, an email from you uh, thanking them for their support. And uh, supporting you as as homebrewers in uh, this endeavor, so very cool. Check it out. All right. 
All right, so we're going to do a, a live Q&A show today. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening live, you can go to uh, the uh, brewingnetwork.com. There's a chat now button. You click on that. It takes you to a thing. Um, you don't even need, you don't need a password. You can use any name you want. Just type something in, and and uh, you get right into the chat, and you can ask questions live from uh, the show, and John and I will answer, uh, as long as it's, you know, like age-appropriate or <laughs> Content appropriate. Content, content appropriate. Yeah. All right, and uh, and uh, you know, like that. Or you know, you can email in your questions to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork dot com. If if it's a Q and A question, uh, just say Q and A at the for the, start your subject matter off with Q and A. Or if it's a show idea, just say show idea, and uh, that helps us kind of sort through all the, the email and find the the gems. It's a lot coming through, and Jay-Z doesn't have a sexy intern going through all those emails, so if, <laughs> if you can put something in the subject header, right. that'd be great. I do kind of you know, rub myself as I'm, as I'm reading through them. <laughs> yeah. You're your own intern. My own sexy intern. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, why don't we start off with uh, one from the uh, chat? Yeah, I wanted to do that. I'm glad you said that, because I think we got a very important question come through the chat right away at the beginning of the show here, Jay-Z. It's from Dead Lemming, and he says, I'm swinging by the Heretic Brewery tomorrow to pick up a case of Evil Cousin and Evil oh, Twin. Oh, yeah. How much cash will I need, he wants to know. Oh, wow. Let's see. Um, I believe the price on a case of 12 22-ounce bombers of Cousin is 80 and for Twin, it's 70 or you can get a mixed case, half-half. Uh, six of each for seventy five. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like the mixed case deal. Nice work on yeah. that. Good idea. So, there you go. All right, and it, it is cash only. I think I saw on the Heretic right. page today, right? Right. Okay. So go to the, the brewery out there in Pittsburgh, and you guys just bottled it today. So now's when you want to get the cousin. It's fresh. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you right, and I'll tell you this: if you're a Brewing Network Brew Strong listener, yeah, you come in and you say. Uh, the password is Bruce Strong. Yeah. We'll knock $10 off of that. $10? $10. Are you sure save you don't me, want to rethink you that? Bucks. Save you 10 bucks. <laughs> Bruce wow, Strong, Bruce Strong awesome. listeners, don't post this on the internet for, you know, anybody. Okay. But, you know, if you're a Bruce Strong listener and you know somebody's a Bruce Strong listener, share it with them. Yeah. But just, you know, some schmoo who doesn't uh, listen to the Brewing Network, then forget them. Right. But if you're a Brewing Network listener, you listen to Bruce Strong, just the password is Bruce Strong, and, That's a good and that'll deal. save you ten bucks. I'm going to write that down so I can come say it. Yeah, hang on. What is it? Brew. <laughs> yeah, you won't remember. Strong. It. That's all right. We don't have to <laughs> yeah, worry about the phrase, Justin. You got to say the password is Bruce Strong. Otherwise, yeah. oh, I see the phrase that pays. <laughs> right. Uh, very cool. Okay, so head That's out better. to the brewery in Pittsburgh because really you can only you can get at the brewery and then at uh, at, at kind of exclusive sites around the state of California. So uh, right, right. Go well, to the brewery if you yeah, can. it's going to be a while before you can get them anywhere else. So you'll okay. get the very first bottles from uh, Heretic Brewing Company. Okay, just come on down and pick it up. Good question. See, ask yeah. questions. Sometimes they result in discounts. So right. Uh, well, you know, I feel like uh, we owe a lot to the Brain Network. So yeah, very cool. I think. Uh, you know, you guys have been really supportive, so uh, let's throw a little bit back. Okay. All right, guys, here's a go- here's another question from one of our guests in the chat room today. And he wants to know, um, how much can you crop a top crop? So I guess just thinking about how much of that Croizen can you actually peel off of there. 
you know? <laughs> well, you can really take Go most all of, of it. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, actually, I mean, you, can, you can crop multiple times, too. Mm-hmm. It'll form again. And you can just keep times. on taking it off. Yeah, yeah the bulk of the yeast is in the beer. Okay. And, you you know, if you uh, if you plan on top cropping, you're traditionally top cropping, you'll do the first skim and you'll throw that away. And then you'll let it come up again and then you, you skim that. Okay. And that's yeah, go for the white take. stuff. Because all the protein and, you know, hot crud and all that brown stuff that forms on the sides of yeah. the fermenter, yeah. that's in that first part that raises up. And you actually skim that off and toss that. And then you can skim directly. If you you shave that top part off, you can take what's below it. Okay. But sometimes, you know, you, you shave a little deeper and then you wait for the second, you know, for it to kind of rise up a little bit more. And then you take that. Good advice. Like a, like a day later or whatever. Okay. All right, here's one from Secret Lab in the chat room. He said he's going to be bottling from a keg for a competition soon. Mm-hmm. I don't have the Blickman beer gun yet, he says. Oh, yet. No. <laughs> I don't know that I can really help you. <laughs> uh, so he was considering the tube on the end of the tap situation, you know, the uh, the old tasty method. Yeah. He wants to know, should I worry about oxidation? Yes. Um, you know, and, and considering timing before shipping and all that. Contamination, oxidation. I'll tell you, you know, you run beer out of those faucets, and then you you spray sanitizer in it or whatever. If If you were to take a sample, and I've done this, I've taken samples from faucets that, you know, you've maintained to try to make, you know, perfectly clean. I've taken samples from them, I've sent it into white labs, and the the aerobic bacteria in there is huge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just it's full of bacteria. The sample you're going to get out of there is going to have bacteria in it. So you can do it, but you know I would only do it if it was a you know the last choice, you know last option available to you, and you. Um, it was a competition that was going to judge the beer. It was going to keep it cold and was going to judge the beer right away. If mm-hmm. it's going to be a couple of weeks and it's going to go through the mail and sit warm for a while before they chill it down, and then yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to lose True. out. That's yeah. why like second round of the Nationals is tough because all that happens. And you know, people, you know, less than perfect bottling, um, you know, get yourself a, a beer gun. It's super simple. I mean, you can use other counter-pressure fillers. Those are fine. Mm-hmm. I've used one for you know a long time, but the beer gun is literally 100 times easier. Okay. So local competition where you're hand-delivering the beer, right. then you're saying maybe And they're going to judge it right okay. away, and they're okay. going to keep it cold, then yeah. Short of that, get the gun. Right. Okay. If you're, you know... If it's important to you and you think you made a great beer, then why, you know, it's it's like using, you know, dirty bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure the bottle's spotlessly clean. Use brand new bottles. I always use brand new bottles when I enter competition. Yeah. Never reused a bottle. Because, you know, I would look in there and no matter how hard you cleaned it, scrubbed it with bottle brush, all that, they're, you know, every once in a while I'd see a little bit of schmutz in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, no. You know, I've gone through all this effort to make a perfect beer. Why, you know, shortchange myself with, you know, dirty bottles or, you know, less than, than proper filling. Okay. So. All right. Let's do one from the email before we have to go to break. David from Bristol, Tennessee wrote in. Um, he says, I know that you can mash 
pretty thick, like say one quart per pound. Mm-hmm. But how thin can you mash and still get good results? Um, and then I guess he wants to know if anything then has to be changed in the process, like mash time, temperature, things like that, to compensate for the right, mash volume. Right, right. You tend to get uh, you know uh, slightly more fermentable with the thinner mash, but mm-hmm. it's a tiny, tiny difference. Yeah, your dog my is dog is fumigating <laughs> yeah. you out of here. I know he's bad. Um, um, <clears throat> makes me not want to breathe in. Um, <laughs> Hold your breath, Jay Z. <laughs> it's a you know, it's, but it's a small difference, and you can compensate with like one degree Fahrenheit. But you can go with like a loose mash. I think now the thinking is what three, four yeah. liters per three. pound. Mm-hmm. I mean, and wow. it's still fine. Okay, it's really not going to be a problem. It's, you would have to be really, really super thin. Do you know how what kind of the limit is, John? I think up around five liters per kilogram, um, and uh, it, but professional breweries, um, you'll you'll see ratios of three to four uh, liters per kilogram, um, and part of that is because you know the way that these breweries move uh, between the the mash ton and the water ton, you know they need the fluidity. It mm-hmm. helps them you know uh, transfer the mash to the water ton. Um, and, uh, but, you know, they're getting, they're getting good conversion. Uh, they're, you, the issues you would run into with, a, with a, a dilute mash like that would be if you're doing a high adjunct beer, you know, then your, your total diastatic power would be diluted, uh, mm-hmm. further as well. But that's a um, rarity in home brewing, I think. Right. Yeah. So you can, I, I'd say you can go, you know, four and five to one, uh, at the homebrew level. Mm-hmm. If you want, and you know, just if you're not, if you're worried about conversion, then give it some more time. Yeah, you it'll, know, it'll convert. I mean, I I imagine you can go really, really thin and just give it a little more time, and it will fully convert. Yeah, you know, you maybe give it a few stirs, you'll you'll get it. I, I, and and I guess their their point was they wanted to try no, you know, zero sparging. And not really oh, batch, yeah. you know, it was just like you'd have all the water that you needed for, you know, your total kettle volume. And, you know, there you go. And you just go ahead and run it all out. Yeah, well, the, the brew in the bag is like that. Right. <laughs> Although sometimes they'll the rinse or they'll add yeah. more water to it. But, uh, yeah, like brew in a bag. All right. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, more of your questions after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. I love all the stuff that we have, all the... the uh, the bumper stuff that we have for, for this yeah. show. It's quality. It is. Quality stuff. All right. So uh, back to your quality questions. And, uh, oh, before we do, I want to tell you about uh, one thing that seems like uh, it might also be quite interesting in uh, quality. And uh, that is uh, adamandeve.com. 
if you uh, are so inspired with you and your your loved one, uh, whether that be, you know, whoever you, doesn't matter which way you swing. <laughs> we're we're totally, totally cool with that. Right. Seriously. We're in the Bay Area. I got, I got you know, you, you love somebody and they're an adult and human. Uh, you know, go for it. <laughs> so there is, uh, there's one boundary, right? There, there is a boundary. <laughs> Adult and human. <laughs> you know, unless the animal can consent, and that's you know, whatever happens between consenting adults is between consenting adults. So seriously, uh, you know, if you enjoy uh, spicing things up in the bedroom, uh, you know, my, my my fellow uh, gals and fellas. Uh, and if you like uh, fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie, check out adamandeve.com. they got this great uh, offer. You can get 50% off uh, just about any item, and you'll get uh, uh, free shipping. If you uh, use this offer code, you get three free adult DVDs. You get an extra gift that they throw in, uh, and uh, it's really a great deal. So... Go to adamandeve.com, you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, you're going to get 50% off just about any one item, you get uh, free shipping, you get three free DVDs, you get a free extra gift, so you buy one thing at half price, and you get all this other stuff, and free shipping, and uh, the idea is, once you bought from adamandeve.com and see the huge array of products that they have available to you, uh... You're going to find it uh, quite uh, quite the place to shop for your needs. So uh, go check it out, adamandeve.com. And uh, they even have a new mobile site, m.adameve.com. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, you can you do shop in there. For the well. pervert on the run. For the pervert on the run. Right. <laughs> you go to the mobile hey, site. Hey, not a pervert if you, uh, if you enjoy enjoy the love of your 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 other, your your person. Right. Or, or persons. I, I got no problem with that either. Right. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> hey, uh, however, however you 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 make it work, uh, that's good for me. So uh, go check it out. They're they're they've been a good sponsor. Been been yeah. with us uh, a fair time now. So uh, great check sponsor. It out. All right, back to your questions. All right, guys. Chris in Pennsylvania says, "Hey, Bruce Strong Generals. Hey, when scaling the base malt up to account for efficiency differences, how much is too much?" Before the additional base malt begins to affect the finished beer and really change the recipe. Right. Looking for some kind of guideline in terms of percentage. That is an excellent question. And uh, I really, you know, didn't uh, think generally it was much of a problem until we uh, started messing around on the uh, commercial level and trying to scale things up. And uh, came across some issues because we were trying to deal with... um, low initial uh, volumes and adjust for the volumes and adjust for changes in efficiency. And we're having a lot of variability and we were getting, you know, more and less, you know, character malt additions or, you know, more more or less uh, impact from the character malts and had to adjust those as well. Generally, I think, you know, if you're within maybe... You know, 10 percentage points, uh, it's generally okay. Five is certainly okay. Ten is kind of starting to push it. If it's, you know, 15, 20% difference, 
then I think you might need to also adjust your your specialty malts because you're tending not to extract some of the. It's tricky because you can extract the color and flavor of some of these specialty malts, and the reason why you're not doing well on efficiency is maybe you um, you know it's starch conversion or something like that. You've got some weird things going on, but if it's you know crush is you're you know you're crushing very lightly then everything tends to be equal. If you're, um, uh, if you're, you know, again, if it's like a pH thing, then it tends to be unequal. If it's, you know, a temperature thing or, you know, a, a water thing, then it tends to be unequal. And then you need to kind of be careful about, uh, you know, adjusting also the specialty malts. Okay. Anything to add to that, John? No, that sounds reasonable. All right. <laughs> it sounded reasonable. Yeah. Mark, reasonable. mark that down. Reasonable well, what, enough, What day right? is today? <laughs> no, as you say, it's, it's, you, there's no hard and fast rule. Um, you, can, you can start out scaling everything, but mm-hmm. as you've uh, demonstrated, um, you know, you don't want to necessarily... You know, just double your specialty malts if you're going from five to ten gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we but you do see a greater effect. You know, the more you scale it up, you know, the greater that difference becomes. So I, I think your guideline there of anywhere, you know, if you're within five to ten percent of the original amount, um, then you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys. Um question that came up during the last episode everett from minnesota is in the chat room and he said hey last episode the use of pectic enzyme came up for clearing fruit beers mm-hmm. he says i may have missed the information but what's the best time to use pectic enzyme boil post boil primary keg never in the boil not hot because it's going to denature the enzymes okay right so best time uh probably in the firm in the uh keg right in the secondary of some kind yeah. Right. Or just, or even if it's your third vessel, the keg's even better if it's your third one. Right. And, and you could you could add it to the ferment as well, but. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Horst wrote in, guys. He's got a question about dry hopping. He says, greetings, croutons. He's <laughs> altering you a little bit there, Palmer. He says, I brewed a uh, DIPA recently. And notice that after just a few weeks, the hop uh, aroma character dropped off uh, dropped off a cliff. What can I do to prolong that hop aroma character? I don't keg, um, and my bottles are sitting at room temp. Is temperature the issue? Mm. Oxidation pro- play a role? He's got mm-hmm. a few thing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of questions of his own. So, what do you think, guys? Prolonging that hop aroma character? Maybe it's probably st- oxidation staling. So. So temperature plays a role, oxygen plays a role, it does all bottling yeah. plays a role. You know, keep it in bulk, keep it cold. Um, I think those will help. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not really certain, but I kind of believe that the multi-stage dry hopping actually helps um, in one one aspect. So you know, you dry hop for three or four days, maybe or a week. And then you dry hop with the rest of the hops, you know, again, three or four days. So you split it up into two. That seems to help a little bit. The other thing that I guarantee helps 
is hop selection. And what you're trying to select for is the higher oil hops. So, you know, Matt Brindleson is, uh, you know, he's been saying for a long time, people shouldn't be looking at alpha acid on hops. They should be selling hops based on oil content. And generally speaking, in a very broad sense, the higher alpha hops also tend to have a little bit more oil. But, um, you know, there's lower alpha hops um, that can have a huge amount of oil. Yeah. It just depends on how they're grown. So he he had given an example of like a cascade that like 6% alpha that had far more oils in them than, you know, some of the the highest others and so you know those oils are a lot of the aroma character yeah so the longer you leave hops on on the vine the more oil they'll have you know you delay Mm -hmm. if you pick them you know a couple days or up to a week later than you know than peak i suppose you'd say they will gain oil content in that time but you're also you know they're they're darkening. They don't look as nice. Yeah, oxidizing as well. Yeah. So and uh, you know and it depends a, a lot on other growing conditions that uh, you know there's only so much you can do to push potential oil by by leaving it. But the other conditions of of growth, you know, water and nutrients and you know the amount of sun, all that are all going to affect the oil as well. So. You know, various hops. If if you can find out, you know, the, the hops that, you know, have the most oil, that's what homebrew shops should be doing now. They should be, because they can, they have access to that information. Mm-hmm. They should be listing that on their packages. I'd love to see a homebrew shop like, you know, Northern Brewer champion this and start listing the oil content of the hops. Because mm. then you could pick the high oil content hops and say, all right, I, I want something with a lot of hop character, you know. Hey, oh, here's the highest oil hops. Let me let me pick those. And I think you can make a fantastic beer that way. It doesn't have to all be the citrusy Simcoe, you know, uh, those types of hops. Be careful, you're going to get kicked out of the West Coast. <laughs> I know you can, but you can use you can use stanky hops, <laughs> and they you know they can make a good yeah you know you know are great you know hop character that that's really enjoyable. So. Look at the oil content. I think that's a, a a big, big factor right there. All right, all right. Here's a good question. I like this question because it's something that I I want to know the answer to as well. Uh, Jerry from Chicago writes in. In a recent mash, I used four different thermometers to check my mash, and they were all five degrees apart. My target mash was one forty eight. <laughs> The one on the side of the kettle read 140, a handhead dial read 145, uh-huh. a floating one read 150, and a digital probe read 155. I figured that I'd just take the average since it was what I really wanted. Uh, but which one should I trust the most, and what do you use, and how do you calibrate your thermometer? I love this question. Me too. I love this question because I know it's the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, you know. This one's doing that. This one's doing the other thing. Uh, I was using a more beer uh, 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 sculpture, and it had a recirculating mash and would maintain mash temperature, but that was based off the digital control, right? And the dial thermometer is reading something else. Yeah. And at first I freaked out about it, but then I quickly figured out that doesn't matter. Who cares what the temperature is? 
as long as what you, what you need to know is is what you're doing consistent. So pick whichever thermometer is the one that's easiest to use and seems most, you know, consistent. It's not wildly swinging or something like that. You want to, I'm talking about Adam and Eve, wildly swing. <laughs> if you, um, so the point being, it doesn't matter if, if that thermometer reads A to Z and you're picking P or O, or it reads 0 to 212 and you're picking 150-something, right? What matters is that you can reproduce what you're doing that day. So the next time, you, so you, you brew the beer and you choose... You know, M as your, as your, yeah, thermometer B, and you're using, you know, 155. And sticking the thermometer in the same place. Right. right. Always stick it in the same place. <laughs> you, um, you want to, uh, you know, note what you're doing, and you want to be able to reproduce that, that behavior. Now, when the beer's done, you want to go back and say, all right is, you know, the beer, the beer I wanted to brew. If it's not, is that something related to mash temperature? If the answer is yes to that, then say, okay, now on thermometer B, I want to go higher or lower. It doesn't really matter what the actual mash temperature is. All you really need to know is what you're doing in your environment. That's all that really matters. You, you really don't care what you know uh, somebody's doing at Sierra Nevada. You really don't care what they're doing at Firestone Walker. They're excellent breweries, but their mash temperature has no relationship to your mash temperature. Yeah. And all you need is a thermometer that's consistent and that you can you know go back and say, all right, last time I brewed this, I think the mash temperature was a little too low. So it's, it's reading you know 175 but it seemed too low (laughs) i want 180 which is like you know would seem ridiculously high it doesn't matter you know because obviously it's you know everything's working out fine it seemed too low yeah doesn't doesn't matter what you know again the 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 actual numbers don't matter it's that you have the ability to, to repeat and adjust from what you did before up or down Okay. Or, you know, keep it the same because that was ideal. That's all you need to know. Now, as far as calibrating thermometers, John, you want to take that part? Yeah, well, um, for calibrated thermometers, uh, go to um, a place that will send you a, a calibration certificate, um, whether that's More Beer, Northern Brewer, or McMaster Car. Or um, how to calibrate you them yourself. Yeah, well, then you can do that, too. Um you know, boil some water. Um, you know, that's you're right up there. You can at sea level, calculate, 212 yeah. Fahrenheit or 100 C. Right, and you, then you and you can calculate change in boiling temperature with pressure and elevation. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to get within what two degrees. You know, um, and that's that's close enough. Uh, as Jamil says, I mean, you you know, as long as you're doing it consistently. And it's reading 156 this time, and you want to try a little higher, 158 next time. Um, same thermometer, same location in the mash, uh, same degree of stirring of the mash, you know, so that you you're you're minimizing the amount of variables uh, when you're taking that reading. Uh, then you'll be able to uh, adjust. Um, but yeah, um, you know, boiling water, ice water, um, body temperature. You know, uh, the, all, all these reference points will help you uh, dial in um, uh, 
reasonable calibration on that thermometer. So body temperature, are you suggesting <laughs> yeah. that they measure like core temperature? Uh, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> stick it in your mouth. Oh, I like oh, a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can't I can't see the thermometer uh, dial. Justin, can you uh, read this one for me? Oh, bend over a little further. I can't quite see it. Oh man! Now, now I pictured it. God damn it, Jay Z! I was doing fine there for a minute. I then I pictured it. That's foul. Yeah. All right. All right. Got another one for you, Palmer. Wes from Indiana writes in a uh, question about water chemistry. Huh? He says, since listening to the water shows a few times, I'm now making regular water adjustments. I brewed my first dark beer since doing water adjustments and used purely baking soda to adjust my RA to about 200 instead of using chalk. Okay. Palmer, what's RA? Help me out here. Residual alkalinity. Okay. He says so that's that's a residual alkalinity is a calculation of how much alkalinity is left over. It's residual. Yes, got it. Um, from the the phosphate and calcium reaction that goes on in the mash. Okay, it would naturally lower the pH from you know somewhere you know the water somewhere between six and eight down to the five two five four that you're looking for in an ideal mash. All right. So he says he used baking soda to do it instead of chalk. Why? He says, I'm not really sure. Uh, what should I be using? And what's the advantage or disadvantage of adding hardness with chalk? Okay. Um, what you're doing when, you add, when you're adding, what you're, you're adding alkalinity to a dark beer, um, if you have a naturally low mineral, soft, um, low alkalinity water, um, your dark malts have uh, natural acidity to them, um, and if you add a you know if you're making a, a very dark stout uh, with a lot of roasted malts or a lot of uh, caramel 120, which also has a high uh, acidity potential, um, you can drive your mash pH down below five, and that's where you start impacting your conversion enzymes, your beta amylase. So by a when you're brewing dark beer by adding alkalinity to the water, if it's you know low in alkalinity, uh, you can help bring that back up into the five two five four range. Um, and that's so that's why you would be adding alkalinity. So sodium bicarbonate baking soda um, is very effective at that um, because um, you're only adding alkalinity. This the sodium does not have any effect on the pH. What it does have an effect on, though, is flavor. And you get too much sodium. If you get over 100 ppm of sodium, then you start to notice uh, off flavors. Um, something you know just doesn't taste quite right. You get a you get a harsh bitterness out of the uh, out of the water. Um, so we we don't recommend going over 100 ppm on sodium. Um, calcium carbonate or chalk is a natural one to add but the problem is is that chalk is fairly stable it doesn't like to go into solution um you you need at a minimum to add it to your mash ton um the where the at least the ph is lower uh to help it go into solution but unfortunately the 
as opposed to many other minerals, the solubility of chalk actually decreases with increasing temperature. So um, it's chalk is hard to get into solution, and when you do get into the solution, uh, you've got the calcium side, which is actually raising the hardness and uh, you know, uh, lowering the mash pH at the same time the alkalinity is raising it. So there's like, you know, two steps forward, one step back in terms of raising alkalinity. Um, like my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, his, his question is, why is he using sodium bicarbonate? Well, because it goes into solution better than chalk. So he's um, doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing up to a point. I mean, if you if he's adding, you know, ten, uh, you know, two teaspoons or ten grams of of so- baking soda to his mash, he's probably throwing the sodium, you know, up there around two hundred ppm, and which could, you know, negatively impact the flavor of his beer. Um, get the he'll get the alkalinity and get the pH smoothness he's looking for, but there's going to be some strange off flavors. Um, what he may want to do is it is uh, cut that um, sodium bicarbonate addition in half, and then and use some chalk, use some calcium carbonate um, to uh, as part of that addition. You know, you it's not as effective as the sodium bicarbonate, but um, you'll get less uh, less off flavor from it. All right. How about one from our friend Kim Wood in the chat room? Kimmy. Yeah. Kim's got a question about repitching yeast. And in fact, I've got a couple of those uh, in front of me. But she says, okay, repitching yeast. After rinsing it with cool, uh, cooled down boiled water, yes. crashing it, pouring off the liquid, yes. how do I know where to adjust the sliders on the Mr. Malty pitching rate calculator for yeast concentration and non yeast percentage? Uh, generally, all right, so if you really want to know, you need to do a cell count, you need to look, mm. you know, through a microscope and, and figure that out, if you really want to know. But what she just described, um, that is pretty much the settings that you have right there. So that was her follow, like, the, so the default is okay? Yeah. Default I would, settings I would just are... go with the default on that. Okay. And then, that might be a little too much that you're pitching, but you know, over pitching is pretty forgiving. You know, it's 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 you know not a big deal. It's pretty hard to over pitch. Okay. So I I think you're you're real you're right in there. Should be fine. Okay. Yeah. And then her follow up question is for me: Why am I such a slave driver that I'm making Jay Z work a couple of shows after his long, grueling day bottling beer at Heretic? See how sweet Kim is. Well, the answer to that is I could give a shit about Jay Z's personal life as long as the BN succeeds. Yes, (laughs) that's the answer to that. He uses a whip. (laughs) That's right. And if I don't do what he says, he won't whip me. (laughs) And they're like, like, please whip me, please whip me. You want to do one more repitching question before we break? Sure. Uh, hey, Jay-Z and Palmer. Um, I listened to the 2011 NHC Brew Strong show that you did with Greg Doss from uh, White Yeast. Yeah, that was, I thought that was an excellent, uh, yeah. excellent show. Yeah, we I should get him Greg back on. Greg was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. That guy, I love. Every time I talk to him, I start thinking. Yeah, which is good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, he says, I was especially interested in the discussion about repitching the Rosalaire blend. Mm-hmm. Based on this conversation and your own experiences, uh, what's your current thinking on repitching slurry from a beer brewed with the Rosalaire blend into a fresh batch? In his experience, he says, I just brewed a Flanders Red seven months ago using a Y-Yeast Rosalaire blend smack pack, no other yeast added, mm-hmm. uh, that I hope to keg soon. So I'm wondering if if uh, a repitch of the slurry from this beer into a new batch could produce as good or better results versus a new smack pack uh, from Rob. Well, all right, seven months in... That's kind of a different story. That might yeah. be a little too long. However, you know, I have taken, you know, the contents of like a Duchess bottle and added starter work to that, and then that tastes, you know, like Duchess. So um, I think that's all, you know, uh, all quite possible. So seven months might be fine. I, th- I think, you know, you're on the Rosalaire blend, you know, I, I'm not sure the the condition or, you know, quantity of the 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 base uh, strain that's in there or the sherry fluor or anything like that. The bacteria, I think, in the bread are probably okay at that point. They're the three strains of bread or whatever they use. Um, so I would, you know, my theory right now is, you know, maybe a month into it, you know, or, you know, three weeks or whenever it seems like there's a cake of yeast in the, and all that, I would harvest that and I would repitch that. And I think you'd be good. Um, as it stands now, I think you could go ahead and just keep re, you know, inoculating other beers with, you could take a, you know, take the dregs off the bottom and, you know, toss that into another beer, and I bet you it turns out great. Uh, you know, it might start to, to change the balance a little bit, and I think you get more the similar balance as you do in the Rose Lair if you did it in, like, three weeks. Um, but that's that's just theory. Okay. But I, I, I stand by it. I think it's... Um, you know we're we're all too freaked out about you know the amount of, of and I think it it it's my theory is it's it's self adjusting that pH you know tends to limit certain things and sugars tend to limit certain things and you know the growth rates and they all just kind of fall into place and if you give them the new opportunity you know certain things race ahead and and do really well and they do their part and then they run out of sugars or the pH changes enough to where they start to go okay well time to to finish and it doesn't really matter what order those come in or they'll they'll go ahead and do it if they're in you know enough quantity to to kind of do their role okay and enough health so I say repitch your bugs, repitch your your funky beers. I bet you, I bet you it works just fine. All right, great. All right, well, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll finish up with more of your questions after this. 
What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious devils on horseback. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders, and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y-Yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape in Melbourne, Australia. This has been a big year for us. We've just celebrated our 21st birthday and we've been voted best home brew shop in Australia. We reckon that makes us pretty much the best brew shop in the Southern Hemisphere. Now we've got the ultimate fix for all you space poor, time poor and lapsed brewers. The all-in-one Braumeister is now at Grain and Grape and it's a beauty. There are 20, 50 and 200 litre systems that let you complete a temperature controlled mash, boil and cool, all within the same stainless steel mains powered unit. So if you live in an apartment, you don't have the time to complete a traditional brew day or just plain lazy, you can be brewing beautiful all-grain beer more quickly than ever. We're also now making our own range of small batch fresh work kits on the 200 litre system right here in the warehouse. Just one last thing. Mention the Brewing Network next time you're ordering online or over the phone to receive freight free on your next order of up to 15 kilos. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're answering your questions live on the Brew Network. And we do have a lot of people in the chat room asking questions today, too. So let me try to get through some of those for these guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Can you steep carapils, uh, dextrin malt, um, or does it need to be mashed? Will steep. It, it has to be steeped. No, it doesn't have to be. It can be mashed, but uh, steeping is fine. You can steep. It's fine. It yeah. won't cause a starch haze if not mashed? Uh, no, it's fully, it's fully converted. Yeah, well, and that's where I'm kind of hesitant is like, is it fully converted? It should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's all you know supposedly fully converted and there wouldn't be any issue. Okay, but you yeah you can get all the effect out of it by steeping. All right. Ellis Texas is in the chat. He says I've got a few pounds of caramel wheat and I can't find any recipes that include it. You know any good uses for caramel wheat? What color caramel? Ah, I would use it in place of any caramel malt. Okay. Of the same color. So give me an example of a caramel malt. Like the, that's a... Crystal 60 crystal caramel. 60. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. 40, 80, 120. What's the advantage of using a wheat instead of one of those? A wheat cara? Uh, it's huskless, uh, so that might have some effect on, you know, flavor and tannins and things like that. Mm. All right. Okay. Other than that, it's probably pretty equivalent. And, it, you know, it really depends on the maltster. You can take, you know, essentially... Um, you know, one of the things that has become really important to me is, you know, choosing the specific grain because you, you know, like chocolate malt it ranges anywhere from like 275 love to 600, <laughs> you know, depending on the manufacturer. And, you know, they're all wildly different in flavor and color. And, you know, you can say chocolate malt, but what they're considering chocolate malt you really need to know what you're choosing from those different manufacturers those different maltsters and you know they're all good it's just they're all different yeah so you need to kind of you know they're all chocolate malt but they're not the same see and that's where i get confused sometimes too. even a chocolate wheat 
with the different well right and with it sometimes the names are very similar you know too right. uh so I, I do get a little confused with that also and mm-hmm. and and i worry about it so i think it's a, it, it's really a good note that you make yeah. make sure you know exactly what it is you're using right look at the color look at you know um you know or find out you know when something gets dark enough it's hard to tell the difference between like 300 love and 400 love yeah it's got a flavor difference but you look at them and it's like eh, i mean they're all like black okay and it's like you taste uh, them you know that's that'll yeah. be your best indicator right. right and you know you just need to you know try these different malts if you get to you know somebody like uh, northern brewer they have a wide range of malts and you go ahead and try all the various you know just you can order a pound of each and make yourself a few beers and just, you know, where it's featuring a different malt, a character like. malt, and just see which one, see what the, how different the flavors are, and uh, you'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, question about a Flanders Red here. Um, Dark Alex is in the chat room, and he says, I've got a Flanders Red and a Belgian specialty in secondary since uh, January of, oh, uh, of 2011. Uh, they both have a thick pellicle and i think it's ready for a taste how do i do this without exposing the beer do i kind of rack beneath the the pellicle if it's been over a year yeah you poke through just poke through okay yeah if you're using like a thief or uh you know racking or or, uh, you know a piece of tubing or something like that you just poke through um you know don't stir it around and be a maniac about it but you know january to now um you know, I would, I would, you know, check it every couple of months. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait quite that long. All right, because you, you know they're changing. Although, yeah, yeah, it probably freaks people out tasting them, and then it's like, oh my god, it's it doesn't taste right. Oh and you yeah. wait like three more months, and it's like it's great. Right. You know, okay. So. so nothing wrong with a little poke. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with a little poke. Okay. I enjoy poking <laughs> it as often as I can. All right, Palmer, you agree? I do agree. Good, good. All right, Tim wrote in. Uh, now, I like this question because I, I definitely like that, that we make sure we cover uh, beginning and advanced brewers on all of our shows. And Tim kind of writes in, hey, howdy, hey, I got a question concerning water from a garden hose. I brew all grain, and I've always used water from the hose to brew with. Mm-hmm. I stopped using bottled water when I stopped brewing extract. Recently, I saw a YouTube video stating that you shouldn't use water from the garden hose unless you filter it first. I seem to remember, though, that you want all those minerals and stuff that comes with this water. So I figure the bad stuff will die in the boil. My beers always tasted all right, but can you please shed some light on the subject? Can't wait to read uh, the water book, Palmer. So, <laughs> Me either. Now, um, can I just, just to throw this out there, just to kind of clarify, mm-hmm. it seems to me that when he says water from a garden hose... He really just means the faucet, right? Not necessarily yeah, running it through a garden hose, right. which we should just talk about the two different things. Well, the other thing is, you know, he's talking about, uh, you know, well, then there's the whole garden hose thing and there's the tap. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, he also says filtering, and I don't want to remove all those minerals, but filtering doesn't remove all those minerals. I mean, some a process like reverse osmosis will remove minerals. Yeah. But filtering, you know, like through a carbon filter, you're really removing, you know, organics, organics you know, and, and, and chlorine and, and chloramines and things like that. Right. All right. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Because those can cause off flavors in your beer, especially the chlorines. 
Yeah. Um, the organics tend to boil off, or unless it's really bad, then those can res- leave yeah. a residual. Um, but you know, otherwise, tap water in general is generally pretty good, unless your tap water is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, you know, the whole garden hose thing was, you know, these plastic garden hoses, you know, you Laying pick in the sun. Up, yeah, with the water sitting in it and extracting a lot of these uh, plasticizers. Uh, plasticizers, um, long time, long time since, um, uh, these uh, volatile uh, or uh, these volatile uh, compounds that uh, you know leach into the water. You know, you taste from you know a, a garden hose that's been sitting in the sun. You taste, taste it. it. And you taste that that plastic, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why people are against garden hoses. But you can get yourself a uh, you know a, a like an RV hose, and those tend to be much you know more yeah. taste friendly. The white one. The white one, yeah. You can get them at uh, Walmart and Orchard or, you know, Home Depot or whatever. You know, anywhere your mass stores, they tend to have them. Yeah. And those work fine. Um, but, um, you know, other than that, I, I wouldn't think, you know, it's it's the chlorine. I, the, the, the thing for me is the, the filtering out the chlorine. But what would you say, Palmer, as far as, you know, yeah, I, that's, I think that's the main thing. I mean, um, if as he says, if if he's you know using the water to go you know for the boil, and so that everything he takes from the hose is going through the boil, then there's probably not a big mm-hmm. deal. But if he's if he's doing any kind of makeup water, or right. um, uh, chilling with that water, and there's be chance of splashing you know uh, water that could be contaminated from the hose into the beer, mm-hmm. you know post boil, then. Uh, because there can you be know, bacteria in your in your tap yeah. water too. Yeah, and especially and especially in the garden hose laying around. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of aerobic bacteria and other mm-hmm. pediococcus that can that can spoil a beer. Um, if um, so, yeah. I mean, I I use. I'm sure you do. I mean, you use hose all the time. Uh, the I use the, hose I use, all the time. Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all the time. The, I use hose <laughs> just in an emergency. <laughs> well, I, I I use the white RV hoses um, that oh, have um, less uh, plasticizers in them. They're more potable, uh-huh. water friendly. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, I run it right from the the tap on the side of the house uh, through my carbon filter into my uh, brew stand. Mm-hmm. So that's the same way I do it. Yeah. So nothing wrong with it as long as you you know look, look out for nasty smelling organics that could uh, manifest mm-hmm. in the beer. But and a good you know carbon filter will take care of a lot of that. Yeah, you know the, if you got water that stinks, you run it through a good carbon filter and you tend not to it tends to smell pretty sweet after that. All right. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the carbon filter because it's a piece of cake and. It doesn't yeah. change the profile necessarily of right. your local all, water. Yeah, all the minerals are still there. And yeah, okay. If you think about you know styles of beer that we've known and love over the uh, you know over the years, people are using their local water. Mm-hmm. It's part of the beer. Yep, use it. Just don't run it through a greenhouse. Stupid idea. Uh, okay, how about this one uh, for you, Mister Palmer? Uh, Justin from Eugene, Oregon, writes in. Um, Thanks for all your contributions to the brewing culture. First of all. Uh, he says, I recently bought a plastic six-and-a-half-gallon six conical from a local homebrew shop. 
It had a preformed three-quarter inch female threaded port at the bottom. Bought a brass ball valve um, hose for the out port um, and installed it today while I was brewing a mild. I put the wort and the yeast into it. And then I read your section in How to Brew on Brass, where you state Uh that brass should be cleaned with vinegar and peroxide. Uh, Of course, having read this after I already assembled and filled the conical, I was wondering what impact it'll have on the finished beer, and if I should do the cleaning you recommend before beer number two, uh, or if it's already scrubbed uh, of of the surface lead by the beer. Um, Not a big deal. Uh, The... The cleaning of brass, I mean, you know, I assume it was clean to start with. So, you know, had a nice uh, shiny metal appearance. Um, the the reason I, uh, I came up with the, the, the peroxide vinegar blend is to remove surface lead. And it's a very small amount of surface lead. Um, you're not going to get it all coming off in one batch. It's going to, you know, a little bit over time. And it's uh, it really an insignificant amount. I mean, you've got one fitting there, you know, for the five gallons. Um, it's it's just the in your body, as, as it says in How to Brew, um, your body will pass ninety percent of the lead that you ingest, and the amount that you're actually ingesting from that one fitting is is insignificant. Yeah, don't so, feed the beer to infants or anything like that. Yeah, but still, <laughs> I mean, save the brandy with, for that. Yeah. Uh, don't you're... don't serve it to your white mice. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a. I mean, you you need you would need to drink the entire five gallon batch. In fact, you didn't well, most people give it to a, a small child to, and you kill them with the alcohol first. Right. Right. Anyway, but uh, yeah, there's no need. I mean, if it looks dirty. If it looks black, then yeah, clean it before the second beer. But um, it should look um, a little duller in appearance. Um, I wouldn't expect to see any uh, large change in color of the brass that would make you feel like you had to clean it. Um, just keep using it. And that said, you know, I I always did your pickling method on all my brass fittings, <laughs> and I felt better for it. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's I why. I did, that's why I, I, I did a lead test. Yeah, and there was I mean, still and some And that's why I put lead, it out there is because you know you, there's that extra insurance, but it's mm-hmm. really a, a non-issue. See, Palmer puts it out there, but doesn't actually follow it himself. And look how he turned out. That's right. <laughs> He's fine. His brain function is still almost normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very close to normal. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I do have more chat questions and more email questions, but we are running short on time. Yeah. Let's so. take a quick break, and then we'll we'll just take the, the cherry pick the rest. If you if you didn't get your question answered and you're in the chat, just send it to Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll we'll eventually get to all of them. Back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center 
or your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has homebrewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like 
Wine Guys, Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're just going to wrap up the live Q&A. Again, if you're uh, listening live, you can go on to thebrewingnetwork.com, click on that uh, chat now button, and, and you can have your uh, input into the show. That's right. A couple questions left here in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Someone in the chat, uh, Killian, has the question about this. He's got two questions about bugs. Um, one uh, quick one is, when pitching bugs, Brett, PDO, Lacto, in a beer, uh, is there a need to make a starter? And how about if that if that beer is a hundred percent Brett beer, starter for bugs? We've done this before. Uh, you absolutely can, and that's going to affect things um, like any organism. Uh, you know, the more you introduce into the culture, the faster and more extensive the results, and the the more healthy they are. So with Brett, if you want to do a starter with Brett, lots of oxygen is the key if you want to grow Brett. Okay, uh, you know, and every organism has its own needs and if you provide that it'll grow real fast all right and is kind of follow-up question um he says that somebody in the chat room was saying that that home spontaneous fermentation can be a carcinogen so now we're starting rumors in our own chat room what do you guys think of that i i don't see how i mean home spontaneous fermentation um so uh, wild yeasts or bacteria from right. That's all you're going to get in there. I mean, yeah. you, you could get molds, and spores. Okay. Well, so but, could you at non-home fermentation? Couldn't you at a at a brewery? Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I really wouldn't worry about that at all. I mean, there's so many carcinogens that you know, known carcinogens. I mean, we live in California, and mm-hmm. there's a Prop 65 on everything. And so everything is known to cause cancer in, like, lab rats. So um, I would not worry about it at all. I, I would set out wort and, you know, or beer and, you know, leave it open in your backyard and let it get funky and nasty as you want, and it's still drinkable. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Even it's in still, my backyard here in Pacheco yeah. I mean, with the may, refinery? Yeah, it may taste like shit, but you know, <laughs> it won't kill you. It won't kill you. The refinery will kill me first. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. Uh, yeah. that refinery, I bet you you get more carcinogens from that. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. They, they probably have limits on what they can pump out in the air. And I, I certainly wouldn't worry about that. You're going to get killed by something else way before you get like cancer from uh uh, spontaneous ferment- fermentation <laughs> yeah. in your backyard. Right. Okay. All right, here's one from Hot Rod, uh, who's, he says he's got an ice distilling question. He's got a, so I guess ice bock, you know. I, I say I've got an old ale. Um, the AVB right now is 11 and a half. The IBUs are around 45. And he says it's great now. Mm-hmm. But I want the AVB to bump up to about 18-ish. Do you have any tips or thoughts, or should I just leave a great beer alone and not? I'd leave a great beer alone. Okay. Because, you know, it's also like, um, you know, Doppelbach versus Icebach. Yeah. If you have a, a an awesome Doppelbach, it's not going to make an awesome Icebach. It's not going to make that Doppelbach better. It's going to make it worse. It's not going to be a great ice block. 
you know, you, you need a different base beer to, to get there. And, um, so I would, I would, I would not do it, but, uh, you know, if you, you know, take a small portion and try it and it's, I, I don't think it's technically distilling. I think it's, uh, concentrating. Distilling's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not really distilling, is it? You're, no, it's yeah. just concent- freeze concentrating. They have a whole different set of rules for that, but distilling technic- is quite illegal in the United States. Okay. Because you have a license to do it. And then a follow-up question from another chat room who, uh, a user who was uh, kind of watching Killian talk about that said, um, would freezing, would doing this icebox process affect... Um, proteins in a beer which would affect things like head formation and things like that you know i have heard in the past that if you freeze a beer and then thaw it it actually you can end up with a permanent haze and you can end up you know messing up a beer and um yeah i don't know if that's how true that is but uh I mean, once you get up, when you're doing that, you're getting those high alcohols and things that tend, in my experience, tend to screw with the head and stuff anyway. So to me, it's yeah. hard to tell which is which. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure the high alcohol actually screws with head or it's the the process of producing the high alcohols that tend to leak different compounds that actually affect the head. It's not the alcohol I itself. I see. So it's, it's high alcohol fermentation because uh, if you take straight alcohol and add it to a beer, it doesn't affect the head. Um, okay. So, uh, but, um, you know, I think having made a number of, like, icebox, I think when you do freeze concentrate, I think there's a lot of material that gets trapped in that ice. So you would think that, all right, you know, you freeze the beer and it's the water that's freezing and then you transfer the beer out. And the, the beer's more concentrated, and the, the flavors are more concentrated. That's why you can't just ice anything. You know, the flavors become more intense, and sometimes, you know, a perfectly balanced beer becomes just bad. Yeah. Um, but the residual ice that's in there, it has a lot of other flavor compounds and stuff in it. It's not just water. Otherwise, it would be clear, and it right. never is. It never is. It's got weird color to it, and you know, it's bitter, and it's you know, got a you know, a whole host of things going on. So, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it's definitely going to alter the beer. So, yeah. if he loves yeah. his his eleven and a half percent beer it's perfect, right now, then may, brew another one that. You know, probably a little bit lower in the specialty malts and those other flavors and bittering, and then, you know, concentrate that, and that would probably be well-balanced. Okay. All right, gentlemen, that's about all the time we have. You can send your email questions to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we do uh, our best to get through them. There's going to be some more Q&A shows coming up next month. Um, and then, as always, like you've done tonight, many of you, you can hit the chat now button on the homepage, and I'll try to get your questions as best I can over to uh, Jamil and uh, and Palmer. Another fine show, uh, Mr. Uh, Creighton. Thank you. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I did, too. I always love these shows. That's why uh, I can't give them up. Me either. Busy as I might be, uh, this is always fun for me. And so... Uh, and I learn things. I learn things every time we do these shows. That's true. Makes me think. Makes me feel good. So uh, I want to keep doing them. 
If you enjoy these shows too, then uh, you know, check out our sponsors. Check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, check out, uh, you know, send them an email. Tell them how much you appreciate it. If you uh, enjoy the show, check out the store of the Brewery Network. BreweryNetwork.com slash store. There's lots of goodies in there. They're reasonably priced. And, and when you buy stuff, all the profit goes to the Brewery Network and helps support these shows. So it's, I think, a, a good use of your uh, your limited qualus. And, uh you know, check out our, our, our other sponsors. Check out, uh, you know, uh, BYO. There's a good link for there. You mm-hmm. Sign up for BYO. Half that subscription price goes to Brewing Network. That's generous. AHA, you know. too. You can sign up for them. Sign up for the AHA. Uh, become a member. Help support uh, home brewing. Help protect your rights as a home brewer and uh, gain representation. And uh, also, again, a good chunk of the, uh, the membership goes to the Brewing Network. So... Uh, check out all that stuff. Support our sponsors. Keep brewing and brew strong. Brew strong, everybody. <laughs>